Welcome back to the Posting Up Podcast with your host, Alec Jesse. It is December 27th, uh, early afternoon. Christmas is over. Uh, I had a good holiday. I hope you all did as well. Um, but it is back to work, and uh, college basketball never never stops. So here we are again. I think the last time I recorded was, I think it was a week from Sunday. Uh, so we have a lot of catching up to do. A lot has happened since then, obviously. Um, I know Saturday was a big Friday and Saturday. There were some big games on, um, and there was even you had the Hawaiian Airlines Classic uh, over. Or what was it called? I don't want to get it wrong. The yeah, Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic over in uh, I think it was in Honolulu uh, during Christmas. So you had some college basketball on even during. Uh, the 25th of December, uh, but we'll jump back into it. Um, yeah, so a lot of big games happened. Uh, it's Friday and Saturday, twenty that 21st, 22nd I am referencing. Um, you saw Kansas go down for the first time all season. Uh, dropped to now fifth in the AP poll rankings. Um, you saw Kentucky potentially put it together for a game. The launch pad game I mentioned with Greensboro, and I figured the kind of performance they had on Saturday would happen against Seton Hall, and if that had happened against Seton Hall, they would have won by 15-20. to 20. Um, It did not. It instead happened more like it against Utah, um, and then carried over to North Carolina. We'll talk both of those teams. Um, and then also uh, previewing Kentucky-Louisville. Louisville hasn't really played anyone in their last three games, but it's definitely worth mentioning because it is one of the best rivalries in the sport. Tennessee uh, remains unbeaten in the month of December with a convincing win over Wake Forest. UCLA, uh, again, I've kind of mentioned some Pac-12 teams, and I was pretty high on the Pac-12 coming into this season. Um, Not necessarily a bunch of top-tier teams, but I was high on their ability to get you know, a solid five teams in. They may be a one- or two-bid league. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, Duke was back in action. They played twice last week. They didn't play on Saturday or Friday. They played on Thursday, actually, and they against the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Uh, and before that, they played against, uh, I believe it was Princeton on Tuesday the 18th. So, uh, you know, a pretty action-packed uh, slate of college basketball. There was a lot of games um, going on between now and when last recorded. Teams wrapping up their non-conference schedules. Um, some of the bigger games coming, uh, being played. You had, obviously, the CBS or CBS Sports Classic. So we'll get into all that. Um, so we will start with, I guess we should, you know, we could start with Duke. They are now the number one team in college basketball. And I would say deservedly so. I'd say it's either them or Tennessee at this point. Right now it's Duke, Michigan, then Tennessee. I, I think those are probably your top three. Those are probably the, those are the three teams that have played the best all year. Uh, I I think that's a that's a very fair top three. Duke played Princeton on Tuesday, as I mentioned, slaughtered them. I mean, it was it was is a hundred one to fifty. Um, I, I think R. J. Barrett. He you know he he's a bit of a ball hog sometimes. You know, he takes some bad shots. Um, he plays a little. He can be a little selfish at times, but he's so good. He's so so talented with the ball in his hands. And there's a reason why you can live. If there's a guy that you can live with playing like that, it's him because he's so good around the rim. Uh, he's so good. He just has a knack for putting the ball in the bucket. So athletic um, and, and a good passer and a, and a good rebounder. Um, he, he is a true two guard with a small forward's body, can, can handle pretty well. Um, there's just there's no, there's no denying his ability and he he's been absolutely terrific. You know, Zion had a double double. He he continues to be um just an efficiency monster. Um I mean, it, it's going to be those two that those are your top two picks. Um with Zion, you knew he was going to have his moments. I just did, you just didn't think it was going to be this like in your face I'm this good kind of a deal. I I didn't think that maybe some that's um, but my goodness, there, there's no, I mean, he showed us glimpses in, in Canada, but I was like, well, it's not against real teams. It's not, it's against, you know, division two level teams. We'll see. It's translated quite well to the real game 
and there's uh, there's no denying uh, his talent. Texas Tech and Duke that was quite a that was quite a game. So Duke was down at halftime by a point, and and down by I think five with ten minutes left in the game, ten to twelve minutes left in the game. Duke, you know, really the first game since Gonzaga, they were in true danger danger of losing. Because um, obviously, you know, against Kentucky, they, they dominated that game. That was a bludgeoning uh, against Auburn. They, you know, Auburn made it close. I think they only lost by six in the end. But Duke had a solid 10-point lead almost the entire, with, you know, almost the entire game. So there wasn't a whole lot of, uh, a whole lot of, uh, uh, mystery into who was winning that game, but this one was 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 a little bit different. Uh, we mentioned Jared Culver before. Um, he's almost Texas Tech Zaire Smith, kind of coming out of nowhere, and 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 being an absolute stark and one of the better scorers in the Big Twelve or emerging as such. Had twenty five points in this game. Was really the only guy that could put the the ball in the bucket for the Red Raiders. Uh, the team shot only 38% and thir- from the floor, 31% from three. Duke, in the end, just was too much. Zion Williamson ended up fouling out of this game. There's a, uh, it was a questionable charge call uh, that, that went Texas Tech's way. Um, it's hard to feel bad for Duke, however, with uh, the uh, amount of flops that they've had in the past. But regardless... Uh, really good Duke win because they couldn't make anything. They only shot 38% from the floor themselves, uh, 3 of 20 from 3, but they got to the foul line. They were uh, 20 of 25. That's an area they've struggled this season at the foul line. You go look at some of their averages um, and, and some of their wins, and it's like it's in the 60s. It's it's in the high 50s. Uh, this game, they were 80%. That's, that's how you close out a game. Uh, the big three combined, let's see, let's do some math here, 19 Four nine plus five, so sixteen for nineteen. There we go, sixteen for nineteen uh, for the big three: uh, Williamson, Reddish, and R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett uh, struggled from the floor in this game, but he still made some clutch buckets at the end. Um, uh, Cam Reddish has really, really surprised me with his struggles this season, um, and he's a terrific. Listen, he's a terrific talent. He's a guy that's going to be po- picked in the top five, no doubt, probably third. Um, but it's it just kind of surprised me. You know, the first game against Kentucky, he, he, I think he hit his first, like, three threes. But he's kind of struggled. He's kind of been the odd man out. So in, in as good as Barrett and, and Zion are, I mean, Zion's going to foul at times. Um, he, he's going to be dominant when he's on the floor, but he's going to foul. And he's going to, you know, he's going to, you know, that kind of a deal. And, you know, Barrett can take some – there's going to be games where he's off. There's going to be games where he's on and Duke's unbeatable. There's going to be games where he's off, and they're going to need someone else to step up. So I think Cam, getting Cameron Reddish going, especially from three. Now, you know, Jack White and Alex O'Connell have been better than I expected off the bench uh, in regards to three-point shooting. But regardless, they need Cam Reddish uh, to hit threes for them to be successful. Uh, but – uh, Trey Jones, I mean, uh, Coach K, shout him out in his uh, the post game uh, con- press conference talking about how he he was the key to victory, and he he's really impressed me too. Got he has six, so he had five assists and six steals. You know, he, he's a guy that I thought was maybe the third best point guard in the class coming in. He he's he's emerged as maybe the best, um, a guy that I think was a fringe guy as far as going. One and done. Nah, he he is a uh, he's a surefire one and done in my opinion. Um, him and him and Darius Garland will probably be the top two freshman point guards picked uh, in the draft. Garland's probably going to end up in the lottery, but I think Trey Jones has a chance to get um, in the top twenty. He he might be better than his brother, and his brother Tyus was quite good and quite clutch. Um, the Duke nucleus is, is definitely good. Uh, they've surprised me how good of a defensive team that they've been. They've been absolutely terrific uh, defensively. Um, and for a team with all freshmen, um, that usually is not the case. Let's see, on Kim Palm, they rank third in adjusted defense, second in adjusted, adjusted offense, excuse me. So they, they've been really good um, 
defensively and for a team again of all freshmen that's just kind of surprising at this point in uh in the season that they're already a pretty good defensive team uh zion williamson protecting the rims a big you know that's that's a big help um javin delorier you know he's not the most impressive player but he's bouncy he he's athletic um he's a pretty good he's a pretty good rebounder as well um yeah he helps he helps and you know i just think they're able to stay in front other guys pretty well for this stage of the season. So Duke rolls on. They're going to go into conference play. Uh, currently eleven and one. I think they start against Clemson. I don't know where that. I assume it's at Cameron Indoor. I mean, let's see. Yes, they they go uh, against Clemson. Um, on that's a home game on January the fifth. So there you go for Duke. All right. So let's go in the CBS Sports Classic. Um, so the big games, obviously, or the, the two games that were that were played, were UCLA and Ohio State and Kentucky, North Carolina. Now for the we're gonna get into the first game uh, first, and well, well, let me see if I can find it. Thought it would be right there because it was quite a, a bigger game. Oh, sorry about this. Hold on. Um, okay, here we go. So, Ohio State and UCLA. The Wesson brothers are really good. If you haven't watched them, Caleb and Andre Wesson. Uh, Caleb had a double double, fifteen and twelve. Um, they're both they both can hit threes. They're both kind of tweener forwards. Let me, th- yeah. Andre Wesson is uh, he's six six two twenty. So I mean that you know that that's you could play either the three or the four. Probably pre- preferably at the four. And then Caleb, let's see where he's at. He is six nine two seven. So he he's he's a, he's a forward for sure. But it's kind of a deal where they're they're somewhat like the Martin twins. They're not quite as athletic, not quite as versatile. That. But uh, you know, two guys that are forwards that that are brothers that kind of command the team. C.J. Jackson, uh, you know, he was very good last year uh, in the lead role, and he's doing it in, doing it again. Had twenty two points, six assists, seven rebounds. Luther Muhammad was one of the best defensive perimeter defensive guards coming out of high school. He had a couple uh, big shots with some instant offense off the bench for Ohio Stadium. He played thirty minutes. Um, I, he might have been actually a starter, but he, but you know, he he. They brought a you know, Holtman brought him in off the bench, and boom, he he had a three immediately. I remember watching Kyle Young, uh, had had eleven points, a nice uh, forward off the bench. Uh, yeah, Ohio State, you figured, you know, with the loss of Kata Bates, Diop, and and Jashon Tate, they would take quite a step back. And honestly, they should be undefeated. I mean, their only loss is a home game to Syracuse. I remember looking at that. I was looking at. That last night, I was like, "How did they lose?" And Syracuse has been a, uh, quite a disappointment. They they had lost, I think, three straight games, or man, no, yeah, three. But they've lost to some mid majors at home, in uh, Old Dominion and Buffalo. But um, I mean, Ohio State really impressive start. Um, it took care of UCLA. It was a three point game at halftime. Totally destroyed them in the second half. Um, looking like. For the Big Ten, it's looking like it's going to be Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State looking for those top spots. You know, with I Iowa's obviously in that hunt. Purdue has ha- kind of struggled lately. They're they're at seven and five right now, but you, they have an All American at their point guard and Carson Edwards, so it's you can't really count them out quite yet. But it's looking like somewhat of a three horse race between State. Well, Michigan right now in a clear first as the number two team in the country, in the Michigan State and Ohio State within, uh, within grasping distance for sure. <clears throat> They've definitely impressed me though. Uh, Chris Holtman, what what a job he has done his his first couple years at Ohio State. I mean, last year was supposed to be a rebuilding year, and they're a five seed. Um, and then this year, I mean, they look to be even better with limited personnel so uh really impressive stuff now for ucla so this was a team i think i had i don't know in between 15 and 20 now tiger campbell tore his acl 
out for the year. Sha- Shaquille O'Neal's son, Sharif O'Neal, uh, heart condition. I think he recently had sur- the surgery, I think I mentioned on the last podcast, that went well. And he's also out for the year. So they're both done. So you lose two guys that, you know, Sharif w- might have started. Tiger Campbell would have been probably the, the primary backup. So that is tough to lose those guys. Um the the first uh you know before the season even starts. However, this team is really talented. You get a guy, Jalen Hands and Chris Wilkes, your your star freshman from a season ago. Chris Wilkes really seemed to come on as the season went on. You get those guys back. <clears throat> they both went into the NBA draft and they both withdrew their names and decided and elected to come back. You got Prince Ali back. Who, who is in his final year of eligibility. Moses Brown has had been better than anyone had thought uh, coming in. He was sort of a project big coming in, and he was actually, uh, you know, he, he uh, the first couple games, he was like, he was a 2010 guy. Uh, you get Cody Riley and, and Jalen Hill back from suspension last year. Chris Smith was, I think, the, he might have been the either the youngest or the second youngest. It was either him or Kevin Knox for the youngest player in college basketball a season ago, you get him back. And, you know, they brought in a top 10 recruiting class, and they are currently sitting at 7-5 and five and getting kind of embarrassed. They have not, they, they're the ones that have lost three straight games. So in November, you know, they lose to Michigan State and UNC. They, they don't look very good doing it. Like, Michigan State kind of destroyed them throughout and ended up beating them by 20. UNC, they were up. UCLA was at halftime, and then UNC blew them out in the second. And then the losing started against Belmont at home. Belmont's, I mean, they're they're probably going to win the OVC. They're really good. But but your UCLA, it's a home game. You don't lose that game. And they lose. And then they go to Cincinnati, a team that had beaten them at home last year by 16, I think. And they lose by 30 at Cincinnati. Again, not a game you're probably expecting to win, but you get beat by 30. And then Ohio State, yeah, the the... the the uh, state of Ohio did a number on UCLA the past couple games. <clears throat> and uh, and then Ohio State can completely controls UCLA uh, en route to another victory. So UCLA is now sitting at 7-5. and Lenardi, before the, the Ohio State game, before the Ohio State game, had UCLA in the next four out. This game, while not good, <laughs> it's never good to lose a game. It's never lo- good to lose by double digits. This is not a bad loss, so it will not hurt them. However, this team should be in the tournament as of right now. Not saying they should be undefeated by any means, but they should be in the tournament. I'd say at, at worst, they're 9-3. Uh, they're and three. At worst, right? You, you beat one of Michigan State, uh, North Carolina, and you win one of these. You beat Belmont. Right, you know, something like that. Um, losing to Ohio State on neutral court, nothing, nothing to be ashamed of there. Losing at Cincinnati, that's a tough game. Even against a, you know, a mediocre Cincinnati team, and they're still, they're still at home, and you know, they still have some good players. It's acceptable to lose those games. It's acceptable to lose one of the games in Vegas, but you can't be losing to Belmont, and you can't lose all these games and get kind of embarrassed in, in some of them. I mean, all, all the games. And they've, except with the exception of the Belmont game, um, they have lost. All their losses are by double digits or more. Let me fact check that. I'm pretty sure that was the case. Um, yeah, he was. And so the only high major team that UCLA has beaten up to this point is Notre Dame. And Notre Dame's not going to make the tournament this year. Uh, they're not very good. Rex Fluger tore his ACL. I think that was that in the last podcast. I don't remember, but regardless, he tore his ACL. He's out for the year. They're not going to make the tournament. They're not very good. Um, and they only won that game by three. So, you know, the chance – like they're, they're kind of running out of opportunities here to uh, impress the committee. They're running out of opportunities for good wins because the Pac-12 comes along – and you know, home wins against Cal and Stanford ain't going to help you. Now, you know, going to Oregon, there you go. That, that could help you for sure. I mean, th- there's one team in the Pac-12 that's currently ranked, um, and that is – and, uh, excuse me, 
was reading a headline or something else. Uh, and that is the Arizona State Sun Devils. Uh, Utah, bad. Colorado, they're in the next four out, so I guess that, that is somewhat of a bubble team, but still not very good. Washington State, bad. Arizona, not the level they've been in the past. USC, I, a team I had ranked coming in, 6-6. Six and six. Uh, That's when I'll, I'll fully admit I was wrong on that. But there's not a whole lot of opportunities in, in Pac-12 play to, to, uh, you know, to, to bolster the resume. Yet they had plenty in non-conference with Michigan State, with North Carolina, Cincinnati, Ohio State. You got to win one of those games. You got to win one of them. And, and, and you know, if you get if you even split if you split that, in and uh, and beat Belmont, that's a tall, tall task. But if you do that, UCLA at this point should not be getting you uh, kind of outclassed by Ohio State. I mean, this ain't football. Uh, this is basketball where UCLA should be king. So, you know, Steve Alford, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about his job. I, I personally, if, if this team does not make the tournament, because, I mean, last year they should have made the tournament. They did, but they were in the first four and they lost to St. Bonaventure. Um, if they can't win a game in the tournament this year, I just don't, I don't see how you can keep Steve Alford around because he just has not been, he hasn't been good. He hasn't been good enough. Um so there you go with that. All right, game two, Kentucky, North Carolina. I thought so. I I, I picked Ohio State to beat UCLA. That's kind of an easy pick, and and they uh, they did. Um, North Carolina in Kentucky. I thought North Carolina was going to win for good reason. Kentucky hadn't really shown that they could win a big game yet. The two kind of marquee games they played this year uh, in Indianapolis against Duke, bludgeoning, destroyed. Uh, against um, against uh, Seton Hall in Madison Square Garden, it's close, but I mean, that's a team they should have they should have beaten by fifteen. They should have they should have won that game by about fifteen, and they lose it in overtime um, with a bunch of crazy shots in between. So I mean, you know, in Carolina, not necessarily. I mean, coming off of a pretty convincing win against the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Um, you know, again, partially, you know, I, I kind of mentioned this. Gonzaga had been traveling a lot. They're down a couple players. I'm not, not super overly concerned about Gonzaga losing to North Carolina on the road. But, I mean, that was a convincing victory for the Tar Heels. They were up by 10 pretty much the entire game. Um, so you kind of figure, well, they're going to, you know, they, they've had more experience. Carolina has it, you know, playing these teams. You figure you give them the nod. Um, well, I, you know, we think a lot of people were wrong on this one. Kentucky really, I mean, they led almost the entirety of the game. Uh, they got a nine-point lead. You kind of looked up because I, I, I was uh, I was working um, during the game, so I had to listen on the radio. But so I went back and rewatched it, and he kind of looked up at the end of the first half. I'm like, "Wow, Kentucky's up by nine points, or Kentucky's up by eight, eleven points." Like it just kind of slowly happened, um, but but it did. In Carolina, they got to within four, they got to within five, they got close sometimes, but they were never really able to get. Um, they were never they were never able to uh, come back, and Kentucky held them off. Uh, throughout, uh, the, the big the big takeaway is Ashton Hagens, um, eight steals that ties the school record held by Ra, by uh, Rajon Rondo and Wayne Turner. Um, my my goodness, he was all over the place. He was all over the place, and it looks like in, in uh, well, we'll get to PJ Washington's game too. Uh, originally they had him at 11 points and 10 rebounds or nine rebounds and they gave him 10. So he ended up with a double, double. Uh, but anyway, uh, but Ashton Hagen's my goodness, um, it was just all over the court. He got hurt too in the first half, sprained his ankle, went in, got it taped up, came back out. It still was just all over the Carolina, uh, the Carolina offense, uh, Colby White, I think this game was essentially decided by Ash, Ashton Hagens versus Colby White. I think that that was a little matchup within the game, the game within the game, that gave Kentucky the edge that it needed to win. Uh, Colby White scored eight points, but had four turnovers, 
two assists, and was three for ten from the floor. Only one of three from three. Kentucky, a guy that had put up 33 on Texas, a guy that's averaging 15 points a game, a guy that had kind of, you know, established himself as one of the better scorers from the point guard position in the game, in in college basketball. And Ashton Hagen's, like, I don't say shut him down. He scored eight points. That's not terrible by any means. But really neutralized him. You know, only, only only hitting one three. And some of those points were when he, whenever he, Hagen's got hurt, and it was a man, manual quickly on him. Between Jamal Baker and Hagen's, they were really defending well for whatever reason. Manual quickly kind of struggled to stay in front of him, but uh, the other two guards and especially Hagen's were just all over Colby White. And Colby White was, uh, you know, talking about after the game how man, you know, he had seen Hagen's play quite, you know, better than this than what he played in AAU when his offense was really on. But uh, man, the, the defense, holy moly! Um, that's that's Kentucky's secret weapon, and, and that's kind of why I, I was so high on Kentucky is for that kind of a reason. And it didn't come; it didn't come until now. Um, you kind of saw flashes of it in the Bahamas. It wasn't extremely consistent, but he was all over the place. And then against Duke, it was like, what you know, what, what's this guy doing out? He looked lost. And then you know. In, in the exhibition game, or not the, excuse me, the, the, non, the, the non-conference games, it's the mid-majors, you didn't really see it, right? And it was kind of like, you know, this guy was built to be a defensive stopper. Where What's going on? And then you kind of saw it against Greensboro when he shut down Francis Alonzo in the second half. Um, he showed flashes of it even in the debacle against Seton Hall. And, uh, and then this game was kind of the culmination of all those, of all the buildup. Um, and he totally wrecked, you know, wrecked havoc on a a good Carolina team uh, that um, that was averaging 94 points a game. Kentucky held them to 72 points. Really impressive performance for Kentucky. Um, now, now you have multiple games where they've hit nine nine or more threes, which, I, again, you know, they hadn't been shooting a lot of threes this season. In the last two games, they've shot at least 23 times. You, you need to have that. They're getting to the free throw line. They're a good free throw they're good at that, and they're a pretty good free throw shooting team. They're 68%, which isn't great, but it's not terrible. And if they can keep that number between 70 and 75 game in, game out, there's not really a whole lot you can complain about. It's a pretty good percentage. You're making three out of every four free throws. Uh, that's getting the job, the job done. Another big thing, the rebounding margin. Carolina was the top rebounding team in the country. And they don't have a ton of, like, they don't have a Zion Williamson. They don't have a, a Dedrick Lawson. They don't have a, a, a Rui Hesha-Moore, really. Uh, but they have a lot of dudes that just that, that that are good rebounders. I mean, like Garrison Brooks. I mean, he's not like this all-American center, but he's a good rebounder. Luke May isn't this you know elite, this massive mammoth in the middle of the paint, but he's but he gives a pretty good rebound. And they're good offensive rebounders. They put in a lot of guys. Sterling Manley. They just put in a lot of guys that know how to. That know how to hit the glass, and they're a good rebounding team. In Kentucky, out rebounding forty four to thirty three. That's a pretty big margin. And last week against the week four against Utah, Utah actually out rebounded Kentucky. Now part of it was because Kentucky shot like fifty seven percent from the floor. There wasn't a whole lot of missed shots to clean up. Um, but uh, regardless, that's a pretty darn good turnaround when you consider Utah out rebounding Kentucky and then Kentucky plays the top rebounding team in the country and uh and has kind of their way with them on the boards. Uh held them to only five offensive rebounds. They they're a really good offensive rebounding team and Kentucky won that margin twelve to five, the offensive rebounds. That's big. Um twenty four assists for Kentucky. Twenty four assists on twenty eight made buckets. Um I mean I I remember last year when uh, that that overtime win against Vandy had six assists in forty five minutes of action, they have twenty four assists in forty minutes of action here. Um, their bigs, the bigs, PJ Washington, Reed Travis were terrific. PJ with the double double. He didn't score a ton. Um, he hasn't scored as much as many people like, but his all around game is absolutely better. He's a better rebounder than he was last year, and he's definitely a better passer. I mean, he had eight assists in this game. Um, you saw every each of the starters had at least three assists. 
You know, you're obviously not going to get that every game. That, that's that's ludicrous to ask for. But each starter had three assists. It shows, and, and Tyler Hero still has ways to go as a passer. He had five assists. Um, and he kind of struggled from the field. He still had 15 points. If Kentucky tur- hadn't turned it over the 18 times they did, if they had cut that to 12, and they had made and Tyler Hero had about three shots go down in the in the cup and and somehow roll out. If three of his five misses, two or three of them go in, they don't turn the ball over. They win the game by twenty plus. Um, so it shows that while they dominated this game, uh, that they still have a lot of room for growth. They miss free throws. They turn the ball over too much. And they miss some open looks. Now, now every team's going to miss open looks. But, I mean, if you can get some of those, if you can cut down on that, I mean, you, you, you got something going on. Still, regardless, a great win for Kentucky. They kind of proved themselves against a top-10 team. Carolina's better this year than we're last year. <clears throat> I don't even think that's a debate. Um, they have much better they, they have much better NBA talent. With all, I mean, listen, Joel Berry and Theo Pinson were terrific college players, but those dudes can only do so much. They just, they had limitations. I mean, Colby White, that's, that's an NBA player. Uh, Cam Johnson, he is now fully healthy. Um, you know, he kind of struggled a little bit at times. Only had five first-half points. He, he, he was much better in the second half. Had ended up with 17. I mean, he can score. That, that's a 6'6 guy, pretty, very athletic, good stroke. That's an NBA guy. Um <clears throat> Kenny Williams kind of has some uh, limitations as far as the off- offensive game, but he's probably their best perimeter defender. Nas Little barely plays. Uh, but, th- again, I mean, that's a good Carolina team, and Kentucky kind of took it to them. Um, and we'll get into their matchup with the, the match with Louisville in just a second. So, for Carolina, you know, where, you know, where do you go from here? I mean, Luke May plays against Kentucky. He's going to get a good game. He gives you 16 points on Six of thirteen shooting hits a, hits three threes, um, but your bigs get outworked. Colby White kind of struggled with that pressure. Um, didn't get to the free throw line a whole bunch. Uh, both teams had eighteen turnovers. They turned it over a lot. I mean, there was a couple times. I mean, this game could have been a heck of a lot closer. I mean, Cameron Johnson fumbled the ball out of bounds one time. Would have been a layup. Garrison Brooks did it. I mean, in seventh Woods dribbled it off. Or Colby White had a couple turnovers. Where one of them he dribbled off of his foot. Another one he, um, another one he just like lost it. Out of, I mean, they had some bad turnovers. Um, so I think that's part. You just cut down on the silly turnovers um, that that were not really forced. <clears throat> and then all you know, then this maybe is a game and that fixed for the future. I think it's got to be Nas Little though. He has got to be, and, and I, I don't know what Roy Williams is doing. And, and the argument that, well, he doesn't play, he, he doesn't play freshman. Well, Colby White's out there playing 30, 35 minutes a game. Um, and, and he has a free reign. I mean, he, he has the green light. Shoot it, do what you need to do. And, and you can't say, well, Nas Little's making mistakes and Colby White isn't. Colby, I, I watched Colby White dribble the ball off his foot about three times. And I, I watched him had some, you know, get, be very careless with the ball. You know, you can you can say that for any freshman, they're going to make mistakes. Uh, but it seems like one of them is able to play through them while the other is sitting on the bench. I mean, Kobe White played 30 minutes. Nas Little played 14. Um, Nas Little is a top five pick, at least of of that caliber. He is. I mean, look at him on the court. He's he's very. He's he's got a beastly physique. Um, at, at about what is he six? What do they list him at? Got to be six eight. You know, six six two twenty. But he looks, seems like he's six eight, and he seems like he's he's two forty. I mean, he's, he's he's a big boy, and extremely athletic, and he is. <coughs> and right now, all I'm seeing him do is take mid range jumpers, take three pointers. Not to say he can't shoot the ball, I'm sure he can. I'm sure he practiced a bunch, but this dude does not need to be taking mid range jumpers. He should be, you know, kind of, a, you know, he not he's not Zion Williamson. But he should be in a Zion Williamson kind of a role, where he's he's down low, he's protecting the rim, you know, he's getting the ball on the wing to dri- looking to drive, not looking to shoot, not not necessarily even looking to score, but to drive and then play make off of that. Um, 
it just looks like he's in there. He's very he's very tight when he plays. Now he had a couple nice dunks um, off of, uh, you know, one of them Kentucky just didn't communicate on defense. They didn't rotate over to him. He had a wide open dunk. Another one, the ball was kind of loose up for grabs, and then he he snatched it, dunked it. I mean he he he's beastly, and and until they unlock him, in, like Luke May is a nice player. He's a very he's he's a very good college player. Um, I had my doubts about him coming into last year when he was going to be, be in a full-time role. Um, but he's a good college player. There's no denying it. Colby White's really good, too. I think him, him. what did I say preseason? They had to figure out the point guard situation. Once they figured that out, I thought they'd be fine. And boom. They, that, was the, that was the easy part for him. I thought that the Nas Little transition would just be he's out there balling. And, and instead, it's, oh, we got our point guard, but we, we don't know how to use Nas Little. And, and that's kind of the deal with them right now. I, I think I think they need to put Nas Little in some, you know, again, I'm not at practices, but just the way the game is played these days, putting him at a small ball four kind of a deal, I think would do dividends for him in North Carolina. Um, it would make them a lot more athletic. Um, they already run pretty well. They already run the floor well. And I think you could bring in Garrison Brooks off the bench. Um, and you could bring him in for defense rebounding when you got Luke May in for offense, because uh, Cam Johnson's really good. You got to have him on the court. He's their best. I mean, he's probably their best scorer at this point. I think Kobe White in time would would be, but he's only a freshman. Cam Johnson, uh, a senior. Uh, Kenny Williams is their best perimeter defender, and I think a guy that in a guy that if you leave him open, as Kentucky did once, he will hit a three as he did once. Um, <clears throat> They got a good backup guard. Seventh Woods impressed me when he was out there, um, and and against against Gonzaga he played well. Um, you know he's not the he's not the YouTube star that he was in uh, in high school. That's not really his role, but he he's a decent player. Um, it, so it's just I don't know. And Sterling Manley, you can put him in for Minnesota. They have the personnel to be a really good team. They are an elite eight caliber team. They are, or they should be with who they have. But until they get Nas Little going, until they figure out how to use him, I just think that's going to hold them back. It's going to be tough. I, I just don't know how they're going to be able. Um, I you know you got to be able to utilize your best players, and you know you, you look at Kentucky. I mean, they're they're kind of figuring that out now. Now again, it doesn't. We'll we'll, we'll get into how Kentucky's matchups. I will we'll, we'll discuss it. Um, Carolina up next. Do they start conference play? They got a game left. Well, my computer just hold on a second. I apologize for this. <clears throat> well, it looks like my computer just stopped working. Huh. Okay. Well, anyway, so Carolina. I think they start conference play. I could be wrong about that. I'm, I need to get my computer. So, uh. Kentucky and Louisville is on Saturday, and that's obviously up there with Duke and Duke and Carolina. Best two rivalries in college basketball, those two. Um, it's at the Yum Center this year. Louisville hasn't really played anyone recently. Uh, I think they played they they played Lipscomb, so they lost to Indiana. Then they played Lipscomb. They barely won that game. Lipscomb's pretty good for a mid-major. They won by like four. Louisville did, and it took them a while to get that lead. Um, and then Kent State, they played them. Another a team, I think that they're they're in the MAC, and they're not bad either. <clears throat> um, but uh, they played them, and then they played Robert Moore. So that, so they played kind of three whatever games. Now Lipscomb is pretty good, but again, three mid-majors, but. Kind of the tune-up before Kentucky again Saturday too. Um, it's going to be a very interesting game. Kentucky now has momentum that they didn't have all of this entire season. Now all of a sudden, maybe they're you know after the Greensboro game, I was like, well, maybe they're good, and then Seton Hall, okay, they're not, and then Utah plays, oh, okay, they looked pretty good. They did, they looked good against Utah. I was like, well, but. It's Utah. They're not good, and they're not. Um, so wh- where do we go from here? And then Carolina, the Carolina game happened. They they were terrific in that game. And you know, so now you have you know, 
I thought Louisville really ever since the Duke game, kind of going it look because Louisville all of a sudden they're better than they're they're better than we thought. Um, coming in, they're Chris Max, a heck of a coach. They're a really scrappy team. Um, they don't have <clears throat> a lot of NBA talent. Like VJ King is still playing; he should be in the NBA, but he's still playing there. Um, they got you know Jordan War is kind of their guy. I mean, he leads the team in rebounds, uh, leads the team in points. Kind of play. I mean, he's a small four, but I, he kind of plays the four. They don't have a ton of size. Exactly. Like they got Malik Williams, but he kind of plays on the perimeter a little bit, or at least he did last year. I know. Uh, they got Steve Enoch. Uh, he he's mixed in some pretty good minutes for him. They're a decent. They're a pretty good rebounding team for for kind of who they have. But it's kind of the island of misfit toys a little bit. Like VJ King is is should be gone. And he's still there. They got three. Chris Mack had to take three grad transfers to fill out the roster. Um, Steven Enoch is a transfer from from uh, Connecticut. <clears throat> but Christian Cunningham and Kwan Four, Kwan Four, uh, both have been pretty good grad transfer uh, guards for him. Darius Perry is supposed to take kind of a leap in the second year. He hasn't really done that, but that doesn't really matter for him. Um, but absolutely massive game. Uh, for Louisville, they're they're in the tournament. I think they'll make the tournament. But, but here's the deal. Um, they play in a very they play a very tough schedule, especially in February. And if my computer worked, I'd be able to tell you about it. But I know they got, I mean, they, they play Virginia twice. They, they have to play Duke. They play a Carolina. They might play them twice. Um, I mean, they, they play a tough schedule. Um, so, you know, this is a game, a home game against your rival, against a, a top, you know, Top twenty team, you need you need this game. They've already lost three games. Now, not bad losses. I mean, we're talking Tennessee, Marquette, and and at Indiana, those are not bad losses. They have a top ten win against Michigan State, um, but that was a true home game. Uh, it'd be nice to collect another one for them. <clears throat> but Kentucky, you know, have they hit their stride? We will never know, or we won't know until Saturday um, if if they are. Excuse me, I went ahead and put my laptop on the charger because it doesn't seem it doesn't seem like it wants to work. But um But we'll find out on Saturday how far Kentucky's gone. Keldon Johnson is scorching the nets. Um yeah, I, I don't I don't know who to pick because Kentucky is clearly the better basketball they like they're the better players. But Louisville could be the better team at this point. Uh, there's a difference, obviously. Um, it'll be a tough fight. It's going to be a scrappy game. Um, but Louisville, I don't think they've. They're. I mean, Tennessee has size, but not, not, not quite. I mean, not quite of Kentucky's standards. I mean, Kentucky's got between Reed, Travis, PJ Washington, Montgomery, Richards. I think they have more combined size than Tennessee. Um, So I think that'll be a challenge for them. How do they deal with – and then with Reed Travis and P.J. Washington kind of figuring out how to play with each other. I mean, those guys had a 12 combined assist, tw- or what was it, 20 – it was either 21 or 23 combined points. Or no, 30, 31 or 33 because Reed Travis had 20 to 22. P.J. Washington had 11. So they had over 30 combined points against Carolina, kind of figuring out how to play with each other. Um yeah, I mean it's it's gonna be a, a real interesting matchup. I guess I'll take the home team. I'll take Louisville. It's cl- really close for me. Um, but Kentucky is trending upward. Not, Louisville isn't really trending downward. They they haven't really. It's not like they've been losing a bunch. Um, but it's you know all of a sudden they jump from playing Robert Morris to Kentucky. Now it's a rivalry game. They're gonna get up for it. But uh, that that's definitely a you know not they've played. They've played teams of Kentucky's caliber this season, but uh, you know, Kentucky's kind of riding the momentum wave. Louisville's gonna kind of have to get up for that. Um, but I mean, Louisville's a good shooting team. I think that's where the game will be won. If Louisville hits hits their slew of threes, it's gonna be tough for Kentucky. 
But if Kentucky's able to defend him, if Ashton Higgins is able to wreak havoc again, um, I mean, if Kentucky plays the way they did against Carolina and they're flying around on defense and whatnot, I, I think Kentucky will win. But I'm not, I don't trust Kentucky's consistency. I, I don't trust it yet. Excuse me. And uh, I, I'm not totally buying into this notion that they're total, that they're, they're oh, that this is back to, to them being dominant again. Well, we'll see. If, if they win this game and they do it convincingly, okay, but let's, let's build a sample size here. So I'll take Louisville, but it's close. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, that's kind of my, uh, I guess that's my preview for that. Uh, other action that happened again, I don't know on my computer. I mean, I might be able to look at, uh, yes, I think I am. So I'm able to look at games that happened. I'm going to be able to do it from my phone. Um, so Kansas went down. That's that's another big one. We'll, we'll, again, we'll begin to wrap this up here pretty shortly. Um, but Kansas went down on Saturday as well. They played uh, at Arizona State. So Arizona State, two years, two wins against Kansas, both at the field house and then at home. Uh, Kansas was up by like nine uh, in the first half when I when I put this on when I got home from work. Um, but they just – they're not getting anything – they're, they ain't getting much out of anyone else other than Dedrick Lawson at this point. Gerald Vick has cooled off since his kind of eruption against Stanford that saved them. It's Quentin Grimes has still been hit or miss and a lot more misses than hits this season. Um, with Silvio DeSouza and Yudoka Azubuki out, they're not getting much from their – I mean, Mitch Lightfoot gave him eight minutes, no points. David McCormick, guy that was going to have to step up, uh, only two points, did a, grab four rebounds. Um, but it's it Dedrick Lawson thirty points, fourteen rebounds, kind of a slow start to the season. Well, that slow start is over with. He has been absolutely terrific um, as of late. He's been the by far their best player. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me, I uh, yeah. Until they get Yudoka Azubuki back, it's just going to be a struggle for them because Bill Self's having to play guys, and I don't think he wanted to play David McCormick be one of the first bigs off the bench. Um, and they they got to get more out of their bench for sure. And, again, kind of like with Carolina, Kansas has got to get something out of Grimes. And they got to get him playing well. He's too good of a player. He's, he's going to be a top-10 pick more than likely. He's too talented of a, of a guy to be giving him eight points a game. I mean, th- that needs to be a 15-point-per-game score. A uh, guy that needs to be playing like he's – ready to, you know, go in the lottery today, and it's just not happening. Kansas going to struggle until that happens. We'll just have to see uh, how that um, unravels. Um, But it's going to be a struggle with them without Udoka Azubuki. Arizona State, best team in the Pac-12 thus far this season. Lou Gwynn's Dort, the freshman, the beast, uh, bowling ball of a a guard, um, has just been terrific. Uh, they got Tayshon Cherry back I, a few few weeks back, and all he's been doing is just scorching the net. He's a very good scorer, uh, decommitted from USC and elected to go to Arizona State. Rob Edwards gave him 15 points off the bench. Um, you know, they, they got some transfers as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. On... Uh, Bobby Hurley does, but yeah, they they've been uh, they've been terrific thus far this year. Uh, now nine and two, and all the way and up to seventeenth. Wow, they didn't move very much after that win against uh against Vanderbilt. So they've lost. I think they've lost only a couple of games. They lost at Vanderbilt. Oh, that's why they didn't go up. That that would make more sense. They lost. Um, in addition to the win against Kansas. Lost to Vanderbilt, and they've lost to uh, Nevada on uh, at the Staples Center. They all, only lost that game by six. Um, regardless, they're, they're, you know this Arizona State team uh, I mean, looks to be separating themselves from the rest of uh, a mediocre conference. I mean, between UCLA, Oregon, and, and Arizona, <clears throat> and USC, I mean, those teams should be a heck of a lot better than what they are. And, and, and Arizona State's a team I had. In the top 30, but not in the top 25. 
coming into the season. And it hasn't really mattered. They've, they've been absolutely terrific. Uh, let's see what Kansas, who they have next. <clears throat> uh, Kentucky, that game is in less than a month. That's on the 26th. So they they will play host. Well, they got Eastern Michigan. That's their final non-conference game uh, before they start conference play, of course. And then they host Oklahoma, go to Iowa State, who has been really good this year. Iowa State's been another surprise team. They got Lindell Wigington back. Um, yeah, no, they've, they've been really good this year as well. Uh, already have, they've beaten Missouri. Uh, they beat Illinois over in Maui. They beat San Diego State by 30 in Maui. And, uh, you know, they, they lost to Iowa, but I think, believe that was a road game. So that's been another surprise team they, that just got their, uh, that just got their, Point guard back, so um, they uh, then after that they go to T or they host TCU, go to Baylor, Texas at West Virginia, Iowa State at home, then Kentucky for the Big Twelve SEC Challenge. So a big month coming ahead for the Kansas Jayhawks. <clears throat> Speaking of the Big Twelve, no one's really separated themselves outside. You know, Kansas has been the best team thus far, obviously. Uh, Texas Tech has obviously been a surprise. We mentioned them. Oklahoma, now ranked. Uh, after the loss of Trey Young, you figure they were going to struggle, but no, Christian James has, has led the charge. But another team that I kind of like is uh, TCU. Now, who is their only loss? They lost to Lipscomb. That's their only loss of the season. That's why I say Lipscomb's pretty good. But, uh, but... Uh, they uh, swept the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic against Charlotte Bucknell. Bucknell <coughs> beat UNLV by about 30 the other day. That, remember, they uh, they played Michigan State pretty close last year in the tournament. And they beat Indiana State as well. They played Indiana State actually twice. And they beat them. They beat USC by 30. They beat SMU. Um, you know, other than, you know, one slip-up, they've been... Excuse me. They've been pretty good as well. I like uh, I like what Jamie Dixon's doing over there. Remember, Jalen Fisher tore his ACL last year. Kind of didn't give them a chance in the tournament. Um, but he is now back. Seems to be pretty healthy. And uh, as he goes... <coughs> excuse me. TCU goes. I like the Horned Frogs. Uh, between... Who else? So after Kansas, between TCU, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, and uh, and throw in uh, if you want, you can throw in Iowa State at ten and two, Kansas State as well. The number two spot if in the Big Twelve is completely up for grabs at this point, um, and and even teams like you know Texas and West Virginia who who have struggled somewhat early on. West Virginia, I mean, they, they could get it going. You know how tough they are to play at home. Um, so that is definitely something to look for <coughs> as the season progresses on. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, NC State. We need to mention NC State real fast. So they played um, Auburn on... Wednesday, and they beat Auburn on Wednesday at home, and they beat them rather convincingly, I believe. Let me find this. Yeah, no, they beat Auburn on Wednesday, and they've only lost one game, and it was to Wisconsin, and they lost, I believe, because of a flop. (laughs) believe one of the players got... The state players got called for a ridiculous charge, um, and and that was that. They ended up losing. So at Wisconsin is their only loss. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty impressive. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me for Kevin Keats' <coughs> program that was supposed to be in rebuild. <coughs> oh my, I'm sorry, people. Water there, okay. But they've they've been you know they've been a lot better. 
I think anyone expects them. They're not, they're not ranked 20th. Um, Markel Johnson had 27 points. I remember <coughs> coming out of high school, he was a hot commodity. He's kind of had some off-the-court str- struggles, but he has been uh, terrific this year. Torn Dorn back for another year. Braxton Beverly is uh, really good as well. The NC State Wolfpack are on fire to start the season and going into ACC play. They look to be one of the better teams in the conference. Obviously, Duke and Virginia and Carolina, they'll pace it. But then after that, North Carolina State looks to be very much in the mix for <clears throat> that fourth spot or so. I mean, they're, they've been very impressive of late and Auburn. <coughs> No, how good they are. I mean, their ability to shoot the ball and score the ball. Ton of athletes. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Kevin Keats has something going on uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina. All right. So we'll wrap it up right here. Talk about some of the games that are going on on Saturday and what to look forward to. Obviously, you got Louisville, Kentucky at 2. That's the game of the day. Um believe who else do we have (coughs) excuse me Michigan State is back in action Kansas is back in action (coughs) Nevada one game away from going undefeated in non-conference play And they are very much legit. They go to Utah. Now, I think they'll beat Utah. Utah's not very good. But Utah is a good three-point shooting team. So, um, that could be an interesting game over on the Pac-12 network uh, on Saturday. Houston's another team that's been impressive. One of the... (coughs) I think one of the remaining five undefeated teams. Um, they, They play NJIT. Uh, Arizona State is back in action. Purdue hosts Belmont. Big game. Purdue needs to win that game. Again, I mentioned they are seven five. I know. I know. Mich- Michigan kind of waxed them earlier on. Uh, they lost to Florida State. <coughs> <coughs> lost to Texas, Notre Dame. Um, but regardless, they need to beat Belmont. That would actually be a pretty good win for them. Liberty UCLA UCLA has, UCLA has lost five or three straight. Excuse me, as I've mentioned earlier, they need to get back on track against Liberty. <coughs> Let's see, and then you know throughout the week, a conference play starts up. I know the <coughs> excuse me, gosh. I know the Big East starts up pretty soon. Um, I know Marquette goes to St. John's. That'll be an interesting game. <coughs> and, uh, and I think St. John's currently undefeated. They go to Seton Hall. That's their that's their first uh, Big East game. And Seton Hall's now won four straight since beating Ken- – or since uh, – is it including Kentucky? I don't know. They've, they've, won, they've won a few – they've won like five straight games. Um and uh, they just won at Maryland, the team that projected to go to the tournament. So Seton Hall went from kind of like lost, kind of, you know, kind of no ch- no shot, uh, looked to be left for dead after losing to Louisville, uh, and then they've ripped off five straight to put themselves very much in, in the tournament talk. Uh, if they could beat, if they could knock off an undefeated St. John's team in their biggies home opener, that would only help um, if if. St. John, or if, uh, excuse me, if Seton Hall had just beaten Louisville at home, I think they'd be very much in the tournament as of right now. They'd probably, they'd very, they could be ranked if they had beaten Louisville at home. <clears throat> Their other two losses being against Nebraska and St. Louis. All right. Well, that wraps it up. <clears throat> I, I intend to do another one next weekend at around this time, uh, you know, around this time, something like that. Um, thank you all uh, for listening. <clears throat> I hope you all had a happy holidays. And, uh, you know, watch some college basketball. Let me know if uh, you need or, you know, if you what you want to hear, what you think you need to hear, uh, let me know. Uh, I'm sure you all can contact me some ways. Uh, if um, 
I, I will try to stop coughing. I apologize for that. That happens like I feel like once every few episodes. I just yeah, I just get a tickle in my throat. But I apologize for that. But thank you all for listening. Have a great holidays. Um, and <clears throat> sit back and watch college basketball. I know you got college football playoff. You got bowl season, NFL, NFL playoffs. Uh, it is a prime time for sports. Thank you all for listening.